0: Good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Thank God. He gave us another wonderful and beautiful day. Uh, Today I will be discussing Proverbs 11. So I have a few verses that I have highlighted. And the first one is verse 2, which says, When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. And that to me just says, you know, where there is shame. Then comes, you know, that comes with pride. But there is knowledge that comes with humility. And no one likes the feeling of shame. Shame makes you feel almost embarrassed of your actions or of your words. Whatever it is that happened shame trying tries to <clears throat> make you feel in a way to where you feel like you have to almost lie to cover up whatever it is that's causing you shame so it is better to be upfront and be honest about whatever it is That is causing this shame. Because with that. You know. Comes humility. There is knowledge that comes with that. And um. Then I'm going to go ahead and read off. Verse 4 which says. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. So money is useless in the day of anger. But um. But doing what is right saves you from death. And when I think about the word wrath, you know I said anger because I think sometimes we hear, you know, God say wrath a lot, and sometimes why well, no? I can't really connect or really understand all all the way when I hear wrath because I just when I hear wrath I I hear the Lord coming so wrath is just like anger frustration rage resentment dissatisfaction annoyance all of that all of those are words for wrath and when it says, riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Like on, in the day, he, Jesus Christ is going to come back. Your money won't matter. Money is, will be useless. None of that can save you. And um, number nine, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Um, That just says, you know, people who don't believe in God will kill their friends with their words. But the righteous get away because they know the truth. So I can say I've been in situations where I say things... Why I used to say things like very honestly, and it was never in the right words. It's simply because I did not know how to communicate things, how to word things, and I don't even think I cared if I said it the right way or not. If it hurt someone's feelings, I, I think my, my, uh, Comments sometimes were not to hurt people's feelings, but I was more of like, well, if does, they just need to know that this is what they're doing. Um, and sometimes that's not okay, especially to speak in that way. It's better to just get away. So, you know, this verse says the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. That to me just says, you know, people who don't believe in God will kill their friends with their words, but the righteous get away because they know the truth. So if that person is not doing things that they need to be doing that you need to speak on, it is just better to get away. At the end of the day, you can tell if that person is even going to try to change or not. It is just better to get away from them. And I know sometimes it can be hard. When it's been long term relationships. That you've had. It is something so difficult to do. But. As you are walking with Christ. You can tell that this relationship. That you have. No longer. Serves you. No longer. You know. it's It doesn't provide any good fruits. And. If it's something, you know, that you're really struggling with, it hurts really bad because it's a long-term friendship or relationship, take it to God and just ask Him to help you with that because it is very hard to walk away from people that you've been around for a lot of years. Um, So, yeah, and then uh, the next verse is 15. He who is surety surety for a stranger will suffer. But one who hates being surety is secure. So that to me just kind of says, you know, he who protects a stranger will surely be hurt. But the person who refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. Um. again this book is of wisdom I don't know how many times I can say it. I don't want to judge but a lot of men have this to where they just trust anybody they can go and meet they can go to the store and meet a complete stranger another man and be, you know, let's hang out give me your number, blah 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 become friends so fast and sometimes to me that is like how do you guys not know that this is not safe just because you're a man and you think that another man can not hurt you is kind of crazy or that another man can't deceive you because you know how to deceive people yourself that is crazy um I know maybe, you know, women do that too. But I can say I've known a lot of men to just, you know, be so sure in a stranger. And this Bible verse says, you know, who he who, he who is surety for a stranger will suffer. So he who protects a stranger will surely be hurt. You don't know what this person brings. You don't know what they're coming with. And the person who refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. And I don't think the Bible is necessarily saying like... Oh, you know, if you shake a stranger's hand, like... You won't be safe. No, but if you... Like it says here, if you refuse... If you refuse to shake hands in pledge... Like... Basically, a pledge is like a commitment. Hey, we will be friends. Hey, I trust you to, you know, to speak things about myself to you. Like that person who does not do that will be safe. And um, as it continues uh, to go on to verse sixteen, it says, "A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches." So a man with a good so a woman with a good heart gets honor, but a man with no morals gains only money. And when I think about a man with no morals, I think about just a man who will do anything to get money. And it's usually the fast way, whether it's robbing someone. Um, stealing something, selling drugs, whatever it is, if they're sometimes willing to compromise their morals and their values for money. And that is just, <clears throat> that is just, I think, something society. We all struggle with. I was just talking to my son yesterday about, you know, what he wants to do. And every time I talk about goals or the things that he would want to do when he gets you know, when he gets older, it's always so much money involved. He said yesterday, would it be bad to join the N- the NFL and say that you did it just for money? And I said, well, do you even like playing football? He's like, no, it's, it would be just for money. And then I told him, then you would never make it to the NFL. If it is just for money, you're doing it, you will never make it to the NFL. Because there's no passion there. You don't like what you're doing. You think the people that go to the NFL don't like playing that game you think they just want to go because of the amount of money they can get that's partially a motivation but these people love to play that sport And and unfortunately if you do anything just for the amount of money you won't be unhappy that's not what we're here to do in this earth we're not here to be unhappy we're here to be happy and glorify the Lord in everything that we do how can we glorify him in something that we're doing if we're not happy in it? It's kind of impossible. And sometimes we have to ask the Lord to help us in situations. Um, especially I'm gonna just speak up on my example. You know, I'm going to school for social work and I'm I love working in the human service area. I love it. Now there is occasions where at my job I'm unhappy with certain situations going on and I don't know how it would be how I would feel if I was unhappy about the field I'm in and unhappy about the organization that would just be miserable I would. I don't think I would enjoy it at all. Like, there's times I have felt like not going into work like everyone else. I don't feel like... There's days I don't feel like going to work. But when I don't feel like going to work, it's because I start to think about, like, the environment at work. I don't like it. I don't like certain... Um, certain ways I'm being made to feel at work but then again I begin to think about the people I I I can potentially help if I go to work and that kind of makes me feel more encouraged and more motivated to like okay you know what that's just a feeling I'll pass but I could imagine, like, if I didn't like human service and I didn't like the organization, I would be just completely miserable, not ever wanting to go to work and not even trying to encourage myself to go. So, just like I told him, like, you, you want to make sure that you at least enjoy what it is that you want to do. Is not about all about the money. So. Like verse sixteen says, but ruthless men retain riches. You know, a man with no morals gains only money. That's kind of what I get from it. Um, and then when I go to verse twenty, it says, "Those who are a perverse, those who are of a perverse heart, are an abomination to the Lord." So the Lord hates people whose hearts are evil but he loves people whose actions are right. Uh, sometimes we can be doing things subconsciously and it can be in a hateful way and I think in those <clears throat> in those moments Excuse me <clears throat> in those moments we really need to just kinda ask God to reveal what's inside of our hearts. To reveal if there's any hate, any pride, anything that can cause me or you know, to just fall in a way where it's unpleasant to the Lord. You know, we need to ask for guidance for him to deli- you know, deliver us from the from these things and just kind of make us aware of them. There's been situations recently where I'm like, Lord, I, I need to know I I feel like the way I'm acting is not correct. I'm feeling like I'm lashing out <clears throat> due to my emotions. Like, I need to know if there is something within my heart that I'm not aware of yet or that is unhealed. Like, I need you to reveal it. I need help figuring out what is causing me to feel this way. And um, the Lord will let us know when we come to Him in humility And with actual wanting to change, He will give us that knowledge of what it is that we're lacking. So that's why it says those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord. Because if you have a perverse heart, you probably aren't coming to God for some clearance. You know, the Lord hates people whose hearts are evil. But He loves those whose hearts and actions are right. But we cannot do this without Him. We need to come to Him. In moments um, where we are feeling like something isn't right within our, within ourselves, bring it to the Lord. He will definitely give you an answer, which now might be right away, but you will definitely know this is something that I was praying for. This Now I can see where I'm going wrong and um verse 24 it says there is one there is one who scatters yet increases more and there is one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty Mm, so it's just basically saying someone gives freely but gets even more in return while someone else holds back too much and ends up poor so that can pertain to tithing and it can pertain to like anything if you have the will to help someone but you're holding that back you're not willing to help although you have the time and the resources to do it you're not giving yourself your help freely Then you're kind of holding back, which ends up, you know, kind of causing you to be poor. It leads you to poverty. So someone who gives freely and gets, you know, gives gets more in return. So when you have the means to help someone and you, you know, you're available to do this, this for a certain person and you go ahead and just do it. Out of the kindness of your heart. You get more in return. And uh, verse 25. It says. A generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters. Will also be watered himself. So a kind person. Will do well. And someone who makes other people feel better. Will feel better themselves. So. Again. I think that kind of just goes with. Um, not withholding someone if you can help them. Allowing yourself to do the right thing and be kind and assist in any way that you can because when you do well for someone, you know, it will make you feel better. You're basically watering yourself You're allowing for growth to happen with inside of you. And then the, the last one. It says, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. So a tree of life grows from the fruit of good. So, if a good person and a wise person saves lives, how many times have we come across someone who we know is just in high need of, excuse me, of affection or just an encouraging word and sometimes because we feel like we're going to be awkward we don't do it that would be you know you helping someone you giving your good fruit to another person so it says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. Again, a tree of life grows from the fruit of good of a good person, and a wife and a wise person saves lives. Sometimes, we rather just be quiet in certain situations when we come across someone who, again, is needing an encouraging word or just some is even needing for someone to ask hey how are you doing how's your day going we've come across people you know who are maybe feeling low if we have the words if we have the joy that day to go to, up to them and just say hey how is your day going you know, hi, or how, whatever it is to make them feel like they're being seen or heard, I would say do it. I am, I can say as far as like my personality, I'm an introvert. I've always liked to stay to myself. I don't like to talk to people. I don't I never liked to go around strangers and say hi. Like, that was just not who I was. And within, I want to say, like the last year, the Lord has definitely challenged me to get out of that, to be an extrovert. And I'm not going to lie, there's situations where I feel very uncomfortable doing it and there's other situations where I feel comfortable. And I think it just varies on on the environments. But I when I'm walking <laughs> at the in the store or whatever, I try to not say hello but still you know like make eye contact and smile and then if someone does say hello I say hello I try to sometimes say it first it does happen um here and there but it's something I'm trying to do to get out of my comfort zone because I've never I've never done this I'm from California where people don't say hi and if you do say hi to a stranger you are um I don't want to be I don't want to stay classified as weird but just awkward. People don't do that in California. You don't look at people for a long period of time because you're probably eyeing them to because you are subconsciously saying something about them in your mind or whatever. Like there's just certain rules in California you don't do. So I was raised out there my entire life I now live in the Midwest, but I still have that where I it's hard for me to get out of, you know, saying hello to people. I find it still awkward and it's something that God has been pulling me out of. And I've been noticing since I've been pulling away from that person I used to be. And becoming this extrovert only in certain situations, not all the time, just going around and talking to strangers and making friends and no, I don't do that as well, but um I feel like God has definitely put planted or I have planted the seed of I'm gonna be different when it comes to this, and I've been watering it a little bit here and there and I've now seen the change that I can do by simply changing that small thing that I used to do as like not saying hello, I've changed that. And I've noticed how, you know, the fruit of it is allowing me to just be able to speak to other people and give them sometimes encouraging words, which I would never have did before i would only give encouraging words to my friends or people that i know not strangers so um yeah like verse 30 says a tree of life you know grows from the fruit of good of a good person and a wise person saves lives you never know whose lives you can be saving by simply acknowledging them or saying a word of encouragement. You have no idea what they can be going through in their life. Um, just yesterday, uh, we at church that we were talking about, our pastor was talking about how he encourages us to go out and talk to people. Start with your actual neighbor. Talk to your neighbor. Ask them how their day is going. Build, Start building a conversation. And, and slowly you'll start to realize that they go through things themselves. And might not have anyone in their life that prays for them. So if God puts you that close to a person. It can be for you to you know, pray for them. And as I was thinking about this. I was like oh Lord. When the pastor was saying that, I was like, I thought about my neighbor. And I don't know if I've mentioned to you guys, she's not the the nicest person. She's very mean. She's definitely has done things to make my life a lot harder in this house. Like, she does not like me. And I don't even know why I've never done anything to her, so... I'll, Yesterday when the pastor mentioned that, I kind of was like, please, Lord, anything but the neighbor, like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to to her. She just, I know it was her who called the city on me. I just, I do not want to deal with that lady. But you know what? It's not up to me. It's up to God. So I've kind of told myself, if I see her outside, I'll probably say something to her. And this time, you know, I said something to her one time when I moved in to this house, which was about four, five years ago. And it was just the most rudest conversation ever because we were going back and forth on where my trash cans were at. She was unhappy about it. And it was on my side and she claimed it was her side. And it was just a big, big I want to say argument for no reason. But I definitely. I'm um, going to try to change that narrative. Ever since then after she. Has came onto my side to do things that. She'll actually come over to my side of the fence. will walk over to my house. Open my gates. Come through the gate. Cut. <laughs> the leaves that are falling over to her side she'll cut them from my side and we'll just leave the trash there like, which is understandable is my little tree or whatever but at the end of the day you're still crossing over to my side you haven't asked for any permission you walk right through my gate like it's your own and not just that she's done a lot of other petty things and I never say anything to her since that very first time I just ignore her she has thrown pills over to my yard so my dog can eat them and it's just it's absurd the things that she does are like so childish and I'm so happy that I've I haven't been on that mind, in that mindset, because I could, I know my old self would have been a very bad neighbor as well. So I'm glad God has definitely removed that pettiness from me, and um, now is asking me to make amends with her. And I'm not gonna lie, there is a big part of me that is like, God, you can give me any other task. Any other task with that one. But I definitely will do it. Um, when I come across her, I will obviously have to practice my hellos and <laughs> how are you doing today? Although I don't think she will respond to me, but it's worth a shot. So, yeah, the Lord definitely wants us to be fruitful and to, you know, just kind of be a a good person, a wise person that saves lives. That's what it's all about. That is our mission here, to help others. So I encourage you guys to just go out and be fruitful in whatever way the Lord has asked you to. We can't go wrong after that. Well, thank you so much for you guys coming on here. Um, You guys have a great and a wonderful day. Be encouraged and be blessed. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.